Yes. It is The Wave, 97.9 WHAV. And we have a guest. It is Jim Zitson, and he wrote a book. And, uh, Jim, I want to thank you for joining me today. I've been, I've been told many, many, many times that everybody has a book within themselves, and you had one within yourself. And why don't you tell us about the book that you wrote? Well, it's the history of the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicle Inspector. And I wrote the book because we no longer exist, and I thought it was important that we uh, had some type of a written history of what the registry inspector was and what they did. Now, when, when uh, uh, we made the arrangements for you to come in, you've, uh, you brought back a memory uh, for me. When I uh, was taking driver's ed, I had to uh, go to Lowell to take my, uh, my, my class, and there was a... So there was somebody dressed up in uh, in uh, registry clothing, right? That was a registry inspector, correct. Okay, and, and the registry inspectors were different than the state police. Correct. We had different regulatory duties, responsibilities to uh, the registrar of motor vehicles and uh, with licensing, uh, investigations, uh, assisting the public, public relations, all those aspects, investigating serious fatal accidents, Oh wow! A variety of duties. I remember uh, my guy. He had a clipboard. Did you have a clipboard? Always. <laughs> the red and the black ink. The red was when we failed you. We recorded in a fail in red ink, and the black obviously it was the pass. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, tell me, uh, tell me about the the book and uh, you know the the response you've had so far, and how long has it been out? Well, the book was just published uh, finally after. Uh, between five and ten years of uh, hard labor on my part, uh, I uh, got it published in December, and it was released shortly thereafter. So it's only relatively new, and it basically is uh, uh, the history from when it started back in the early 1900s to when we ended in 1992. Now, were there a lot of changes between the early 1900s and 1992? Uh, correct. In the 1900s, uh, we came about as a result of the hustler's carriage. And uh, what people don't know is that in Massachusetts alone, there were over 200 manufacturers of, mass, of uh, hustler's carriages. And uh, <clears throat> with more and more of those on the roads, uh, the state figured that uh, they needed to have some regulation you know, and someone to regulate those and give licenses and registration plates. So we developed uh, from two people up to uh, finally 257 at the end of our uh, existence. I remember uh, stories about uh, Ames in Amesbury. They made horseless carriages in Amesbury, right? Bailey Company, correct. Okay, and then they they talked about the ghost train because uh, you know they would they would ship the the auto bodies and have them covered up, and it looked like a like a ghost. Right. right. Wow. So I wrote this book basically just to have some type of a written history so that people wouldn't forget the number of people who worked as a registry inspector, what they did, and what we all did, uh, so it's not forgotten. And hopefully uh, people will like how it's written. Well, do you have a lot of pictures in there? <laughs> yes. Uh, the book is about 277 pages long, and I have, <clears throat> I have graduation pictures from the many academy classes throughout the years, uh, old pictures of... Uh, and the old radio, handheld radios that the registry got, uh, different pictures from when before we had uniforms, and the inspector back then would wear a top coat and have a badge on his lapel. 
Oh, okay. Now, why don't you uh, describe the uniform that you had, uh, you know, as it all came tumbling down at the end? Well, at the end, uh, you know, why don't I just say this? People can go look at it on our registry website, www.registryinspector.org. Uh, we have a history there, and we have uh, pictures. Uh, but the uniform basically is the same as the state police, but in reverse colors. Okay. All right. So they they did that just to uh, to have that uniform look. However, they did it to. Uh, it's like the you know in baseball, you got the home team and the away team, right? Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. That was. There's a lot of history about why the uniform color is the way it is. Uh, we used to have two patches, one on each shoulder, uh, and then uh, that changed to. Uh, uh, um, actually, it was two patches on each shoulder. I'm sorry. And, but with the state police, they only have one on the right shoulder. So when we uh, merged, we got rid of the two patches, obviously, and we wore the state police uniform. And then the uh, merger uh, led to the elimination, right? Well, in 1991, the bill was passed. Actually, the Commonwealth was trying to do it since 1965, and they finally achieved that. Uh, they said that it was going to uh, eliminate dupli duplication of effort and save the Commonwealth money, neither of which is believed by many was accomplished. So July 1st, uh, the bill was enacted. However, it didn't become law until a year later because it took that long for the, the heads of all the departments, the agencies, the four that were involved to be assimilated to one Department of State Police. So in July 1st of 1992, all the previous four agencies ceased to exist and the new Department of State Police was created. So, uh, so now, uh, when that happened, you, so you had the state troopers. They were, you know, doing what they needed to do. Uh, but now they also had to uh, help out as far as uh, you know, licensing drivers and things like that. Well, you know, it's like anything. It's a marriage that's uh, you know kind of difficult to uh, you know to blend in and, and get involved in. There were those that didn't want to do that didn't want to do the licensing aspects and the technical duties, day-to-day -day duties of registry police. And then there were registry police who really didn't want to do the law enforcement-related things. They were comfortable doing investigations, dealing with driver licensing, you know, all those aspects. The MDC police, you know, they were involved as well, and then the Capitol Police. So the four agencies all had their own identity, and uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a fun time back then, but, you know, over time, people move on and they forget, and, uh, you know, we're all in the same boat. I remember uh, the phrases uh, uh, MDC police. Metropolitan District Commission, correct. So that was like a, a, a Boston Police Department, except that they covered... The parks, all the parks, and then around the uh, Charles River, you know, various uh, buildings within that. Okay, so they got rid of them. Correct. And the uh, Capitol Police were uh, were the police force of the Capitol House, the Capitol Building in uh, Boston, the State House. So they were there. There weren't that many of them at the time, uh, but uh, you know they were merged into the thing. And we had uh, at the time we had close to 300, and some chose to retire, and we ended up with 257 that actually transferred over. And interestingly enough, the registry, uh, the registrar got nervous when he realized that were, you know, they were going to lose all the knowledge that we had gained all those years and had. So he asked several inspectors to stay behind. So there were 11 registry inspectors 
that uh, chose not to uh, transfer over to the state police, but stay behind with the registry and handle the hearings and make sure that the registry could uh, walk again. So uh, tell me about the uh, the investigations that you had to do. Anything you can well, you talk do, about? You do driver vehicle investigations. We do uh, uh, dealer plate, special plate investigations. We do uh, improper person in, uh, investigations. A lot of a lot of variety. Special investigations involving auto theft, uh, things along that nature. Oh, okay. So when when they merged, they lost people. And they had more things to do. Correct. Right? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't seem like it worked. <laughs> well, we ended up with uh, with over 2,400 uh, new state troopers, you know, as a result of that. So the mirage, you know, blended everybody together, uh, and um, like we said, uh, slow by slow, little people would come and go, you know. So they're still around 2,000, 2,100. Uh, I believe, as the workforce, and they're trying to continue to replace the troopers that exist now. But as far as the registry is concerned, that is all operated by civilian personnel. Uh, okay, so they got out of the out of the business altogether. Uh, it's a regulatory agency. I don't know how you do that, but yeah. uh, you know they they think that the computer is the end all to everything else, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, like anything, it's just the way it is. The sign sign of the times. Uh, well, one thing that uh, is always around, and I'm happy for that, is books. And uh, again, why don't you tell us about your, your book that you wrote and uh, where folks can get it? Okay, so the book, like I said, was uh, was uh, years of uh, in the making, asking, uh, interviewing all the older registry inspectors, former registry inspectors, uh, getting information from them on how what they did and uh, anything that I may have missed in gathering all the information I had. Uh, putting that all into a book, you know, uh, highlighting what everybody did, and everybody's name, whoever wore the uniform, is in there, as well as a, uh, a, a lot of pictures of everybody, whether it's in a graduation picture or, or uh, individual pictures, that's all in there. Uh, the book is 277 pages long. Of, it's a, a labor of love. And uh, it's available, you know, through uh, two sources, Lulu dot, uh, the Lulu.com publishing company and uh, also Amazon. But people can look at the registry website at www.registryinspector.org, and they can get that information from the website as well and then take a look around and see what's up there. Okay. I've never heard of uh, Lulu Publishing. Where are they? They're out of uh, Someplace. Mid- Midwest, I believe. It's oh, okay. They're located, sure. Kind of sounds like uh, like Penguin Publishing. Is it like, like up, up until uh, I wrote this book, I hadn't heard about it either, and okay. my publisher suggested that we go that route as well with the book. So there's two publishing ways of uh, you know of the book being processed. Wow, terrific! Hey, uh, Jim, I want to thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing the memories and and. Uh, as was I was uh, bringing you into the uh, studios, you're telling me about your memories of the uh, WHAV building on Howe Street. Correct. The last time I was here was 1962. Uh, I was a student at Havel Trade School, and one of our one of our uh, seniors was uh, doing a rock show every hour, once an hour, one hour on a uh, every weekday, I believe it was at that time. And uh, I came in to watch him do his program. So, fun memories, and that's the last time I've been here. <laughs> Hasn't changed much. <laughs> no, no, actually, except uh, you know, it's it's back to where it belongs. WHAV should have been here, should have stayed here. Unfortunately, things change. Yeah, 
they, they do, but uh, sometimes they can change back. All right. Hey, Jim, thank you for uh, joining me, and uh, maybe we can get you back sometime. Well, thank you very much. All right. Jim Zitzen, our, our guest this morning, right here on The Wave, 97.9 WHAV. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV. Catch the wave. W-H-A-V.